This Chicago Bears mini bye week is a little bit past halfway through the season, but it's still a good turning point to look ahead at which players still have the most to prove entering this final home stretch of the season. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today, we look at which Chicago Bears players still have the most to prove in the final, what, six, seven games of this season. And perhaps it's it's just what they have, it's who has the most at stake. Some guys have to prove themselves altogether. Some guys have to reprove themselves. Or some guys just have to prove that they can continue to play at a very high level. But I think there's still a lot to play for, even as this Bears team sits at three and seven. And not necessarily in any kind of realistic miracle playoff push scenario, but still an end of a season worth watching here with seven games and and eight weeks left on the NFL calendar. Of course, we have to start with the quarterback situation, which is kind of the big obvious one, but then a few guys on both sides of the ball that are upcoming free agents or guys that the Bears could look to replace this offseason or upgrade from this offseason, even if they aren't going to have expiring contracts. The big one, though, is, is Justin Fields, and let's start there because he has a lot to prove over these final eight games. And the question to me, or the final seven games, eight weeks. And the question to me is, is whether or not it's even possible for him to prove anything in that short of a span. You know, can Justin Fields come out and play the best seven games of his life? If he plays the best seven games of his career over this next stretch, is that enough to say, yep, he's the guy? If he plays seven really good games at the end of this regular season. And that's that's even asking a lot. But, like, can you say, okay, well, he, he figured it out for those seven games at the end of the year, so we're moving full steam ahead with Justin Fields despite having the first two and a half seasons of his career not fully looking like the guy. I mean, I think, I think the answer there is probably still yes. I think seven games left is still enough time for Justin Fields to come out and play. I mean, if he comes out and plays high-level quarterbacking, for seven straight games. That doesn't mean he wins every game, but that he individually performs at a high level, shows growth, you know, decisiveness, throwing the ball downfield, improved pocket presence, still dynamic playmaking with his legs. It doesn't matter to me as much whether receivers catch those passes, whether their defense holds up and wins those games to help him out. But like if he plays well and the offense scores some points and he looks like he truly unquestionably belongs as long-term franchise starting quarterback over these seven games, then he can play himself into that role for 2024 and beyond. 
But we've talked about it over the course of this regular season, especially when he first went down with the hand, the thumb injury. The Bears have two top five picks as it stands today. And we'll certainly end up being at least two top 10 picks, if not the possibility of the number one overall pick. And it will mark back-to-back drafts in which the Chicago Bears will have, if not the number one overall pick, top five picks in the draft and have the ability to take a quarterback in, in that spot. Like that's where you find the great quarterbacks most of the time are in the top five of the draft. And the Bears cannot afford to pass on the opportunity to take a top quarterback in the draft in back-to-back drafts unless you know without a doubt, no question, Justin Fields is the guy, has the goods, is capable of being your long-term franchise quarterback. And so he needs to then, over these final seven games, eliminate that doubt, eliminate those doubts in general. And that's a really, really tall task. And like I said, seven games feels like it's hard to even do in only seven games. You'd like a longer sample size to eliminate the doubt. Right? I think most of us still feel like Justin Fields has legitimate talent and is would be worth developing. However, situationally, the Bears are not in a spot to pass on another quarterback for the second straight years on the hope that Justin Fields will continue to develop and will become a better quarterback down the line. Eventually, you just have to say, we've given this a lot of time and maybe more time would be helpful, but we're not in a position as a franchise to keep giving this more time without more of a sure thing, without more of an outcome that we can really confidently rely on. And so unfortunately, that puts them in the position to draft a quarterback if they have early picks, which they're slated to, in this upcoming draft. And so then Justin Fields then would have to prove a lot in these seven games. And maybe he ends up, maybe it's more like these seven games, he's also proving then to other teams that he still belongs, maybe not as the Chicago Bears starter long-term, but a starter for another franchise, whether that be whether that be via a trade early in the offseason ahead of the draft, or whether that be you keep Justin Fields into next season after you draft a rookie and have Fields still be the bridge to the rookie, but sort of a lame duck quarterback there. And then by next trade deadline, you move on from Fields when you're ready to start whatever your rookie quarterback is. Like Fields is still playing for something, even if it's kind of a long shot to still be the long-term Chicago Bears starting quarterback. He could be someone's starting quarterback, right? What he needs to prove over these last seven games is whether he's definitively an NFL starter or a guy who ends up going, you know, right now the Mitch Trubisky route where he goes and is a coveted backup for a team that you feel like can someday get back into the starting lineup, but needs to spend some time as a backup. And when he gets into the game, can do some things like that's what Justin Fields needs to prove over the remainder of this season, what his NFL future looks like in Chicago or elsewhere. That's kind of the story for some of the other guys in this roster that are going to be free agents coming up this spring, whether they're proving their worth to the Chicago Bears long-term or proving their worth to some other teams long-term. There's still a lot to prove, even for guys that are veterans that you thought had kind of proven what they were up to this point, but still have a little bit more to prove with seven games left in 2023. We'll start with a couple of guys on defense, one of whom really feels like He's been missing in action a bit this season and needs to kind of reprove himself as he enters free agency once again next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. 
These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is going to give you access to a bunch of great candidates. I'm on LinkedIn. I bet you're on LinkedIn. And if you're not on LinkedIn, a lot of your friends and coworkers are on LinkedIn. A lot of people use LinkedIn. And then they've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on Bears is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. And if you've never used FanDuel before, now is a great time to get in on the action. Have some fun here before the regular season starts to wind down. Right now, if you place a winning $5 bet on any money line straight up, you know, you think predicting who's going to win the game. If your $5 bet is correct, FanDuel is going to give you a bonus $150 added to your account to play with. So right now, for example, Bears at Lions this weekend. The spread keeps moving. It's around 9.5 Bears are the underdogs there. But the money line is Bears plus 340. So if you bet $5 on the Bears straight up at plus 340 on the money line, you're going to get like 23-ish dollars, 22, $23 back in winnings if they win, plus an extra $150 on top of that just for placing that $5 bet at fanduel.com slash locked on. You got to check it out for yourself. It's a lot of fun. It makes these games that much more exciting. And their app is super easy to use. It's safe, secure, one quick download on your phone. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get your NFL season rolling the right way. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So Justin Fields is the obvious. Yeah, he's got a lot to prove. We all know the quarterback spot. Always has a lot to prove, but especially with Justin Fields in his situation. But some other big name players on this Bears team with a lot to prove. And someone that I didn't think would have a lot to prove over these final seven games, but has been surprisingly quiet and not on par with the player we've come to expect over the course of his career. But like Yannick Ngakwe signed with the Bears on a one-year deal. The idea was to play well here and try and cash in again next offseason. That's kind of been... His MO, he's been taking these kind of one-year mercenary deals. But as he's bounced around to, let's see, one, now one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the last five years, no matter where he's played, he's been, he's been productive. Each of the last five seasons leading up to this, well, every year in his career, he has never had fewer than eight sacks in a season. But this year, he has three in 10 games. And I'm no mathematician. But that puts him on pace for less than eight this year. He is on pace for a career low in sacks. He finally got one again on Thursday against the Carolina Panthers. It's a good sign, but it was also against a pretty bad Carolina Panthers offensive line. And he's going to face a much better Detroit Lions offensive line this week. Like It's to the point where before the Panthers game, I, I put together the graphic. I was ready to put Yannick Ngakwe on the side of the milk carton because he had been missing in action for quite some time. But prior to the Panthers game, his last sack was week five against the Washington Commanders on Thursday night football. He had gone four straight weeks without a sack and really not making a ton of like impact pass rushing plays. And that's 
solely what he was signed for on a one-year deal, minimizing a lot of the risk for the Bears. But like, if he's going to enter free agency again, coming off of a career worst season in terms of overall production, he said he also has a, a career high in missed tackles so far this season. He just really isn't playing all that well and isn't playing up to the standard that we expected from Unique Ngakwe. And some of that's sure the Chicago Bears effect or playing on this bad Bears defense. But like last year with the Colts, he had nine and a half sacks. Two years ago with the Raiders, he had 10 sacks. And those were not elite defenses that he was playing for on those teams, but found a way to be productive nonetheless, at least purely as a pass rusher. But now in Chicago, like he, he's got it. He certainly still has time, right? But he, over the last seven games of the season, if he can get five sacks in seven games, he'll be right back up to his eight sack minimum career you know, production, and then he's well on his way. But there's still a lot for him to still be able to prove over the final stretch of this Bears season. I'd also like to see more from Justin Jones, another guy who got a sack against the Panthers and is, you know, finding a groove now. So maybe a sign of more to come, but still needs to prove a little bit more to me. It's just his second sack of the season. He's been a guy that the Bears have consistently raved about for two seasons. So, you know, been very supportive of him, but they gave the nose tackle Andrew Billing the contract extension. They did not give Justin Jones the contract extension. And Justin Jones is set to be a free agent this year after signing with a two-year deal with the Bears last season. Like, I think there's still, as he enters free agency, prove that you could be a more consistent pass rusher with Montez Sweat and Unique Ngakwe taking a lot more attention now on the outside than he's dealt with at any point in his Bears career. Should have a lot more easier matchups, one-on-one matchups more on the inside as they shift more of their help to the edges. And he needs to step up and be more productive as a defensive lineman as he's in his prime entering free agency, but never had more than three sacks in a season. Still just has two at this point this season. And then I think Jalen Johnson, maybe he doesn't have a lot to prove in terms of like the quality of play. I think we've all kind of seen Jalen Johnson now has been uh, an elite level cornerback for a lot of this season, but he does need to prove that he can stay healthy and finish out the rest of this season on the field over the course of his career. His rookie year, he played 13 games, missed three then with that, or I guess four then with injuries. And some of that was COVID, I think. Second year, missed two games. And then third year, last season, missed six games uh, between a couple of different injuries. And he's already missed a couple of games this season. I think he missed two games so far this year. So it's already too late for him to have a fully healthy season. But if he can at least finish out the rest of this year by by making, you know, making sure he's he's available and healthy and some of that's out of his control, certainly. But if you want to fight that reputation of being, you know, injury prone or having durability concerns as you enter free agency, like that's my biggest sticking point about signing Jalen Johnson to a massive contract with a bunch of guaranteed money is you're only getting him for two thirds of the games out of his career so far. And he's had injuries every season. So is he a guy that you can rely on to be there down in and down out and being able to play out the rest of the season healthy or at least on the field healthy enough to play can go a long way for it towards being the difference between being a, you know, a $16 million cornerback and an $18 million corner or the difference between an 18 and a $20 million corner is having some, a little bit more of that durability to go with what's already been high level play this season. I don't think he needs to take his game to the next level over the last seven games. Just keep doing what he's doing now and keep doing it on the field for the rest of the year. And that's a, that's a surefire way to a big payday from either the bears or somebody as we enter this off season, maybe a franchise tag is a possibility in there, but still, I think that's it's sort of something to prove or something at stake for for Jalen Johnson there. A few different guys on offense that jump out at me as well. A couple of guys that are pending free agents and one guy who's not, but a couple of you know younger players that maybe still have something to prove, but maybe are still fighting for their long-term job as just whether they'll be a starter for this team next year 
or the possibility of being a backup who they just try and upgrade from because they just need to do a little bit better at a couple of different spots. We'll go through some key guys on the offense and what they still have to prove next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports because Prize Picks puts you in complete control. Unlike other daily fantasy platforms where you're setting a lineup and you're going up against everybody else's lineup to try and prove, you know, whether your one in a thousand lineup can get first place and get the or get the winnings. With Prize Picks, it's your football knowledge going to the test. Prize Picks sets a projection for every player. You know, their rushing yards, their passing yards, their receiving yards, and you decide whether they will perform better or worse than their Prize Picks projections. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to twenty-five times your money. And you got to try it out for yourself. At prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. If you use our promo code locked on NFL, you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. It's an extra $100 to play with at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We know there's some big name free agents coming up on defense. Jalen Johnson. Uh, Unique Ngakwe, kind of the, the big ones there, but Justin Jones, also an important part of that process. Not as many big name free agents coming up on offense, although there's one that we talked about extensively on yesterday's podcast, Darnell Mooney. And go back and take a listen to that podcast yesterday if we if you didn't, because the, the Mooney contract conversation is not as simple as like, do you pay him or do you not? Because I think there's some other factors in there in terms of what his value is. He's had a weird career the last couple of years with low volume production, not getting a ton of total yards, but doing very well individually and efficiently. So that that one's kind of a more complicated tease out. And, and we kind of went in depth on that yesterday, if you haven't listened to that podcast, but he's one where his production's down overall. Again, career low yards per game, catches, targets per game, all that stuff, not getting the ball enough, but still doing a lot with each catch. And so if he can use these final seven games and have more of those breakout type games that we saw just a couple weeks ago against the Saints, then he can play himself up into a bigger and bigger contract the better he plays over these final seven games and reprove that he's closer to the 1,000-yard guy than he is to the 500-yard guy that we saw last season. So I think there's still a lot there for Darnell Mooney, but I'm not going to rehash all those points that we talked about yesterday. The more interesting one for me is Braxton Jones at left tackle. Not a free agent, a guy who's just in the second year of his career, but I think he's kind of fighting for his starting spot at left tackle over the final seven games of the season. You know, he's been injured for a lot of this season, so we didn't get to really see that year two growth and development from him. But now he's been back for a couple games, had some penalty issues in the first one, and has had some penalty issues for the co- over the course of the season, but thought he played pretty darn well against Carolina on Thursday. Held up pretty well in pass protection, didn't have any penalties in that game, so maybe he's settling in a little bit more. And I think these final seven games will tell you, okay, do the Bears have their starting left tackle next year under contract right now named Braxton Jones? Or do you feel like Jones is still developing, still figuring it out, still not as good as you want at left tackle? And maybe you try and upgrade that spot and make him a valuable swing tackle. Like to me, Braxton Jones has proven he's a guy who is at worst, he's borderline starter quality. And then the last seven games here is, is he average to above average starter quality or is he someone that you really do need to go out and replace this season? I think the jury's still out on that based on the two games we saw him before he got hurt and now the two games that we've seen him since he's been back. But these final seven games will tell you what you do there. Maybe the draft will tell you also there's a couple really good left tackles 
at the top of this draft. If the Bears are picking twice in the top 10, it might just be best player available is a left tackle. And even though you like Braxton Jones, you can't pass up franchise cornerstone left tackle when they're the best player available and he could be screwed anyway. But I still think it will inform the Bears' decisions this offseason on this offensive line. It's like, okay, we know that Darnell Wright is set at right tackle. We know that Tevin Jenkins is going to be one of your guards. And Nate Davis is under contract for two more years as likely your other guard. So you got those two guys. I guess you could move Tevin Jenkins to tackle and have Wright and Jenkins be your tackles and have Nate Davis and have a guard open. But then, but, but you know, as you're trying to evaluate your offensive line, like, okay, do we need to just replace the center or do we need to replace a tackle and a center or do we need to play, replace a guard and a center? But like the center is in this conversation too. Lucas Patrick has some stuff to prove over the remainder of this season. If he can turn it around a little bit and settle in and play a little better at center over this final stretch. Maybe it's not playing for his next Bears contract, but playing for his next team. Is he a guy who's purely a backup for the next team and on his next contract? Or is he a guy that someone might be willing to sign as a starter? Can he, If he plays really well over these final seven games, I think he can still be a starting center in the NFL, but he's got to prove it again. Got to keep the snap accuracy good. Got to get back to playing closer to the guy that we saw in Green Bay, who was decent, but not great. Here he's been below average and not quite decent, but he needs to get back to that decent level. And seven games is enough to turn some of that around for him. And how about another former Packer who came to Chicago and just has not produced anywhere close really to what we saw him do in Green Bay, but like, I still still think he's a quality player or should be a quality player, has it in him, but the tight end, Robert Tanyan. Like sure, number two tight end is not, not a big name in terms of in the grand scheme of the roster, but this was a guy who in Green Bay was a 500-yard receiver and a 400-yard, so like, okay, so 586 and 470 in a separate season. So basically like a five to 600-yard receiver over the course of multiple seasons when he was healthy in Green Bay. And with the Bears this year, he has seven catches in, in 10 games for 58 yards. That's really not, uh, really not doing it a ton for you there uh, at this point in this process. It's just not getting you a ton of Robert Tanya. And I thought he could be a real key to unlocking more of this offense with a better number two tight end. And he used to play like a solid number two tight end in green Bay. And so over these final seven games, he's playing for that next contract from somebody. And right now he's, his production is that of a number three tight end, which is not going to get you paid more than like a minimum contract. But if Tanya can start to have a higher impact over this final stretch and get more involved in this offense and not be a useless blocker the way he has been a lot of the season, that can go a long way for him entering free agency and trying to make some more money for himself and extend his NFL career. Like sure. Somebody's going to sign him to some kind of minimum deal at worst. He's not going to, and you know, his career is not going to totally flame out from here. I mean, the guy is 29 years old. He should still be able to be a productive member of an offense and an offense in Chicago right now. That is the same scheme that he played for and was successful in green Bay. Like some of it's just the bears offense, not being as effective overall, but man, I really thought Robert Tanyan could do more for this bears team. And I should have put him on the milk carton as well. Cause He's definitely the uh, the offensive version of missing on the milk cart. Would love to have him be a bigger part of this offense, but it just hasn't happened through 10 games. And I'm not holding out hope that it's all of a sudden going to magically unlock. But I do think then there's a lot at stake and a lot for him to prove over this final seven games of the season to say, yes, I can have a significant role in your offense versus no, I'm an afterthought in your offense. And the, the way he'll get paid this summer or this spring will directly reflect how teams put him in one of those two categories. So to me, there's a lot at stake in these seven games. It makes these seven games worth watching, even as the team is three and seven last place in the NFC North. And, you know, like you said, playoffs, not in the conversation at this point, but 
I, there's there's still going to be stakes here and reasons to tune in each and every Sunday. And I hope that gives you reasons to tune into the Lockdown Bears podcast as well. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Really appreciate you making us your first listen each and every day. Come down back tomorrow as we'll do Crossover Thursday with Matt Deary from Locked on Lions to get the scoop on what's going on with Detroit and what we can expect in a tight divisional matchup here against the first place Detroit Lions playing pretty darn well right now. They just got out of a tough shootout with the Los Angeles Chargers. Matt's, Matt's a lot of fun. He knows his stuff, and he's one of my favorite hosts on this network for sure. Like For as much as people aren't fans of some of the NFC, of one NFC North host in particular, Matt is one who has always been super realistic about his Lions and has dealt with a bad Lions team for a long time. And so he has good perspective on dealing with a bad team. <laughs> That's for sure. So coming back tomorrow for a conversation with Matt Deary. We're here for you five days a week to always make sure you've got another opportunity to bear down.